Bravo Brutsky. Charlie. His name's Mitch. Well, there's nothing like a cold one after a long day, huh? Oh, yeah. yeah I've been known to drink a beer or two. But then again, I've been known to do a lot of things. Cigarette? No, no, I never touch them. Well, I suck them down like Coca-Cola. <laughs> well, here's to feeling good all the time. But I don't want to be a secondary character. belly button or very erotic in here it is very erotic Hel- very steamy hello. hello hello welcome to another edition of but i don't want to be a secondary character a seinfeld podcast about the secondary characters of the show and uh this week's a good one yes today we're talking about hello mm. no we're not no we're not <laughs> and we're not living it up either oh no if you uh i don't know Stephen. we haven't had any feedback about our little easter egg at the end of last week Remember how we were t- singing Living It Up by yeah, Ja Rule? If, I do. Yeah, go back to our previous episode, What's the Deal with Babu Butt? And if you go right to the end, you know, as as the outro music plays, stay to the very end. You'll hear Stephen and I doing a rendition of Living It Up by Ja Rule. I say, it's pretty fucking good. It's pretty fucking good. And yep. I, I, it's a shame if most people have forgotten about it or didn't bother staying to the end. I think people are just too busy listening to it to uh, get in touch with us. Probably. It, it made people fall in love with Ja Rule again. They thought we actually had Ja Rule in the studio, probably. Yeah. They probably thought, wow, that same gravelly... <laughs> sounds exactly <laughs> like him. Up. Yeah. Anyway, that was last week's, <laughs> yeah. uh, last week's weird thing. Yeah. So let's talk about this week. This week, yes. The Sniffing Accountant. Yes. Season 5, Episode 4 of Seinfeld. Wonderful show. And uh, yeah, we've got quite a few characters we're going to chomp on today and uh well not chomp on no you know yep li- not literally of course but you know we've got a lot to talk about a lot of uh, interesting characters we've got barry prophet the, the eponymous sniffer. sniffer uh sid farkas the brass salesman uh manager jake jamel we have ellen as well who yeah. is the bra manager I think she's the owner of the company. Oh, the owner anyway, of the company, we'll, yes. Um, we'll figure that out a bit later. Yes. If you want to talk to us about secondary characters, you can. We're on social media. Our handle is at Bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. Uh, we're available wherever you get your podcasts as well. Leave us a review if you want to. Uh, we've got an email address, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com, and our website is bidwabask.com. Dot com. So get in touch if you want to. Yes, and we're also going to have the usual things tonight. We've got Seinfeldia, so some Seinfeld trivia. Uh, we also have Seinfeldisms, and we're going to talk about our special event that's happening on March 18 on yes. Sunday. We'll, we spoke about it last week, but we'll give you a bit more information today. Yes, that's right. So why don't we talk about it now? Oh, all right. Let's do it now. Yeah. Cool. So uh, as we, <laughs> I was going to leave it to the end, but nah, okay. well, let's just mention it again at the end. Double plug. Yeah. Okay. So on March 18, as we've talked about the last couple of episodes, we are doing a live podcast recording. Mm, It'll be yes. our 50th episode. It's all happening at George's Bar, which is in Melbourne in Fitzroy. Uh, kicks off around 6:30 p.m. Uh, we'll be talking for an hour to an hour and a half, I guess. Yeah, thereabouts. And yeah. we'll be talking about the contest, the seminal. Well, what we see is the seminal. 
I guess most people would see it as the seminal Seinfeld episode. The seminal episode, yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. The one that made it the way it was. Exactly. Yeah. So we'll be talking about the secondaries from that episode. Uh, so come along. It's free entry. Um, yeah. And thanks to George's Bar for uh, allowing us to do our thing there. Yeah. Thanks, George's. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's all over our social media now. There's a Facebook event. Go go say that you're attending to make us feel important. Even if you're not from Melbourne, just say you're attending. Yeah. You know, bump yep. up the numbers. That's it. If people say, oh, there's 300 people going. Yep. Oh, wow. Well, Facebook... I don't want FOMO. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Facebook attendance doesn't really mean a lot. No, well, it's yeah. something. Yeah. It's something to hold on to, Stephen. That's true. <laughs> Quantify our validity. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, before we get into our usual Seinfeld news for the week, we have some listener mail yeah when you control the mail you control information so through the week uh a friend of mine he we've mentioned him a few times on the show before his name is michael he's a friend of mine from brisbane from way back hey michael from brisbane he got in touch with us and he mentioned this is kind of a seinfeldism and listener mail so we'll count it for both um he messaged me on facebook actually about uh, the podcast, and he said to me, "Hey, Steve, the girls, meaning his uh, stepdaughter and also his fiance, uh-huh. yep. they were watching the nanny, the nanny, season okay. one, episode of mm-hmm. the nanny, episode eleven, mm-hmm. and Matt McCoy, who we interviewed way back for episode fifteen of season one." Um, plays a funeral director. Oh, I didn't know he was in the nanny. Yeah, ah. yeah. We might have mentioned it on our Matt McCoy episode that oh. he that he started or that he played a role in the I, nanny. I'm sure. Can't we remember. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure if we go back and listen to it, we'd be yeah. like, oh yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so in the episode, uh, he didn't say what the episode was called, but uh, he plays a funeral director who sells Fran, being Fran Fine, the the main character from the nanny. Oh man. Mm, oh man. Uh, <laughs> He sells her a cemetery plot, um, and like throughout the episode, he basically has a, cr- a career crisis, and he ends up ditching his career mm. to go into clown college. Oh, that's quite a change. Yep. Mm. So he, apparently, he chucks on a red nose and squirts Fran with a water fl- uh, flower <laughs> water gun. I don't know. <laughs> Is that like a courtship? Ceremony, maybe like a, a courtship dance. I don't know, maybe symbolic of something. <laughs> maybe mm, some oh. sort of squirting. Trying to court Fran <laughs> <laughs> with some seminal. It's tough. Semen. Semen. Seminal fluid. Anyway, we're moving into weird territory. Nah, that's what we're here for, right? Yeah. So Mm. that's not all. He didn't just want to let us know that he was uh, watching, or that his his ladies were watching uh, The Nanny. Mm -hmm. He came up with a theory about who he is on the show. So... He posited, and I really like this. Okay, yeah. Um, that because nanny, the nanny was set in New York, and mm. Seinfeld is as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That they may have been the same uh, universe, and that the funeral director. He didn't say the character. I don't know the character's name in the nanny. That's actually Lloyd Braun. Ah, okay. So his theory was that he could see that that was Lloyd Braun having another freak out. Um, apparently, like his character in the um, in the in the nanny, there was like the wide-eyed insanity. Yeah, that was evident. Um, and he apparently following the breakdown after the frozen yogurt. Is that the episode? Yeah, uh, the, yeah, the yeah, low yeah. fat yogurt. The low fat yogurt. Called, yeah. yeah, where he loses his job. Yeah, as but, the, but it wasn't played by Matt McCoy. He was played by uh, the other guy. Yeah, but still, same character. Same character. Yeah. Um, yeah. And. He so he after his because we we sort of theorized about what happened to him after losing such a high profile job yeah and I think we said that he went to maybe he sort of left town because he was shamed yeah I can't remember yeah. exactly so so Michael yeah. came up with the idea is that he he uh, changed his identity to escape his previous shame probably and he yeah. became a funeral director 
Okay. And then after a year of being a funeral director for um in you know the nanny's sort of world, yeah. same universe, but yeah. in their little world. Yeah. He lost his shit again, re-established his identity as Lloyd Braun and comes back and then uh he sort of, you know, goes sane or he 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 gets better i guess is that where he had the family in the freezer because he was a funeral director yeah <laughs> he just that, put a whole family in there that would make sense <laughs> maybe actually. that's why george said oh ah, did you have the f- family in the freezer that would make sense yeah. I, I, that's not that's not incorporated into this theory but that, a would, that would fit yeah there you go um and uh yeah he sort of comes back into seinfeld's world via yeah. the gum and he he you know he he sees out his life as lloyd brawn he again. does um, and he, <laughs> he said knows it was his ma- way around a dead body. Yeah, and he said mm. it would make sense chronologically because the low fat yogurt was in nineteen ninety three, the nanny episode was nineteen ninety four, and the gum was in nineteen ninety five. There you go. So well researched. Very well done, Michael. Very, very solid theory. <laughs> Fabulous. I think we should Love add it, it to the uh, ever expanding canon of uh, the make believe canon of uh, Bidwabas. Yeah, well we have the NBC cinematic universe with Mad About You and Friends and uh, <laughs> That's you know, true. we've theorized that Meryl from the wife is actually uh, Monica from Friends. That's you know, true. Courtney Cox. Yeah. She's the same person. We've just added another layer <laughs> to the ever-complicated universe of 90 sitcoms being in one giant shared nice. universe. Love nice. it. So thank you for, my, uh, thank you for the, uh, the message, Michael. It was amazing. Yeah, thanks, Michael. Appreciate really that. Really cool. Very good theory. Very Indeed. cool. Yeah. Cool. Seinfeld News? Yep. So kick off this week's Seinfeld news we have two things to talk about uh-huh. unlike five six last week and I don't actually know uh, what news you have this week I usually find out but uh, yeah no, I, th- I think I've left it a bit of a mystery that's it you. so mm. uh, this one is a kind of continuation on last week uh, so as we talked about Julia Louis-Dreyfus's sons they posted a really lovely video beat um, it, of them it, lip-syncing to beat, beat it, it um, in honor of their mother mm. um uh, completing her chemotherapy chemotherapy yes. for her breast cancer that was diagnosed in September. Congrats, JLD. Yeah, well so that was the start of a pretty, uh, what I imagine was a pretty good week for her. Oh, after yeah. After a pretty rough sort of three or four months. 100%. And to top off what, you know, was a pretty good week for her, mm. she won some Screen Actors Guild Awards. She did. And doesn't she have the most SAG Awards in history? That's right. Or something like that? That's right. So yeah. she was nominated for Outstanding Performance by a Female Actor in a Comedy Series for yeah. Veep. Yeah. Uh, and Veep itself. Uh, was nominated for Outstanding uh, Performance by an Ensemble Cast. Nice. In a comedy series, both won. Veep won for both. Um, well, JLD won for the Individual Award and Veep won for the Comedy Series Award. Cool. Um, in addition to that, Larry David was actually nominated in the Male Actor category. Ah, for Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yeah, that's oh, right. And nice. Curb Your Enthusiasm was nominated for Best Comedy Series as, along with Veep. Very nice. Yeah, Very so, nice. That's, so that's a lot of Seinfeld uh, alumni that's it. in that one. Yeah. That's it. Mm. Um, yeah, and uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus won her seventh ever SAG Award or Screen Actors Guild Award, nice. um, which makes her the most um, awarded I think I don't know if it's female actress or just actor in general. The most rewarded sagger ever, sag. I guess. <laughs> the saggiest sag who ever sagged. <laughs> uh, yeah, which is uh, really cool. So uh, yeah, that was that was pretty amazing. So pretty amazing. Yeah. Well deserved, generally. But, yeah, yeah. You know, even more so after a pretty rough trot for her. What well on Julia? Indeed. Very proud of you. Yeah, and the second bit of news: um, the house that was actually used in the episode The Hamptons 
which is uh, the first episode of our second ever season last year. Correcto. Um, that actually sold. It was a year. It was after a year on the market. It sold for five point seven two five million is US that, dollars. Is that all? Uh, yeah. <laughs> but interestingly, it was three million dollars less than its initial asking price. Oh, okay. So, Do you know the reason for that? Uh, it just didn't sell. Oh, okay. So it was put on the market in February two thousand and seventeen for eight point seven five million dollars. Right. After a few months, the real estate company dropped it to seven point nine. Mm-hmm. No more takers, so they eventually dropped it. I think they dropped it two or three more times, down to five point seven two five million, and yeah. finally sold. Okay, yeah. So, bit of history about the house: it was a four bedroom, or it is a four bedroom, four bathroom house. Uh, it was originally built in nineteen thirty, and uh, it has a three level bunker um, that the Coast Guard used in World War Two to look out for land or sea attacks. Nice, built into it. And what I this is the most interesting fact about the house: it was actually featured in Deep Impact as well. Oh, nice. Is that when uh, she, the guy gets eaten? Was it Samuel Jackson's character just randomly gets eaten? Eaten? By the shark? Isn't, isn't Samuel Jackson in the movie? You're thinking of Deep Blue Sea, too. Oh, Deep Blue Sea. And Deep it's just Imp- like... Deep Impact is the, is oh, the, is the comet. Oh, oh, Morgan Freeman's He's the, the president. president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, kid, oh. the kid discovers the comet. I'm thinking of Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> I was like, isn't Confusing. that the one where he was just standing near the water and he did a monologue and then suddenly the shark just took him out? I think it is. Yeah. 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 Confusing like bad oh. 90s movies with bad CGI. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that shark still scares me even though it's fake. Yeah, just because it looks so <laughs> terrible. And that's all the Seinfeld news for the week. Fantastic, Stephen. Excellent work, mate. When we come back, we'll talk about the secondary characters from Season 5, Episode 4, The Sniffing Accountant. You're on Bidwabask. Hello, folks. Matt McCoy here, a.k.a. Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld. And I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character. So, Steve, we're talking about the sniffing accountant today. That's just, I dropped all my coins. Okay. Weird, weird-ass coins you got there. Yeah, I know. Pretty heavy. Yep. Yeah, they're not Aussie coins. No. I don't know what they are. Coined a new term. Oh, <laughs> oh you're on the money. <laughs> oh, God. I think you should change it. <laughs> <laughs> Episode synopsis, the sniffing accountant. Here we go. First aid in the... <laughs> Stop it. First aid in you the... You don't hold a lot of individual currency to me. Oh, God. Uh, a lot of baggage. I don't know. <laughs> I can't think. <laughs> I'm pursing, I'm pursing my lips at you. Uh, oh, that was good. Mm. That was all nice. right. Yep. That was all right. I like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, synopsis. Anyway, carrying on. First aid in the US on October 7, 1993. Directed by Tom Sharones, written by Jerry Seinfeld and Larry David, Steve. Yep. Yeah. Elaine talks about her new boyfriend, Jake Jarmel, played by Marty Rackham, who she met in her office. Jerry talks about his sweater that he found in the back of his closet, and George says, that's what the back of closets are for. <laughs> And Sherry's accountant, Barry Prophet, uh, John Capellos, enters Monks. They're stunned to find him sniffing regularly during conversation, and Jerry and George suspect that he could be on drugs, which worries him. I like how they never mention which drug. No, they say drugs. Yeah, just drugs. He could be using money for illegal narcotics, writing writing checks Yeah, for illegal narcotics. I think they're implying that it's Coke, because yeah. Coke makes you sniffy and sort of, yeah. And Coke was like the luxury drug at the yeah, time. Yeah, that was know. like the high-flying New York, high-finance, mm-hmm. you know, people with money drug. Still kind of is. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the drug of the of the bourgeois. Well noted, mm. my friend. Yep. Coins, notes, uh, money. <laughs> See, that was my second joke. 
Nice one. Nice. That was nice and subtle. Slipped oh, it in there. Well, it wasn't too bad. Yep. <laughs> Slipped it in like uh, Barry does with his coke, I guess. It. Slipped it up the nose. <laughs> Frank tells George that he's organised an interview with bra sales manager Sid Farkas, Patrick Conan. While Kramer's convinced that Barry's a drug addict after Jerry informs him that he went to the bathroom when he went to Monk's, Jerry gives Kramer his sweaty, oh, his sweater rather. <laughs> his sweaty. <laughs> his sweaty. His sweater as it's too itchy. Now, that Stephen, sounds like a British version of like how you would say sweater. Yeah. Now they say like, I don't know, they, I don't even know why. A sweaty. Yeah, a sweaty. You got a sweaty, mate. Yeah. A sweaty. Yeah. Speaking of the sweater, I actually have a very similar looking sweater in my closet. You mentioned that. Yeah. If you, maybe I'll, on, on the break, I'll go to the closet and I'll uh, show it to you. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll wear we'll, sunnies. We'll take a photo and put it up on Instagram. Sounds good. Yeah. We'll reenact the scene. Oh, I left my sunnies in the car. Oh. Damn. And I don't have a cigarette. I was going to say. Smoke. And you've got a, um, a pint of beer? Oh, I've got a beer. Okay. We can we can do a version of uh, of the infamous scene. I can stick a pen in the side of my mouth or something. True. Yeah. It's not the same though. It's not impressive. It's something. Got to smoke a cigarette. <laughs> I can smoke a pen. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. If you light it on fire and smoke it, then I'll be impressed. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> you like many you surprises. Might die, but yeah. you know that's well, fine. Well, you might be surprised, mate. You never True. Know. You never know. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, Jake's preparing dinner at Elaine's apartment. An argument ensues when Elaine notices that Jake didn't leave an exclamation point in an important message he wrote down. She had the baby. <laughs> Jake breaks up with Elaine because of this trivial criticism and leaves the apartment. He can put an exclamation mark on this. I'm leaving. And yeah. I love Elaine's open mouth reaction. <laughs> How good is it? Yeah. It's like, huh? She just can't believe it. I know. It's just yeah. awesome. And just Jake Jarmel, we'll speak about him a bit later, but he's just like the perfect guy. Yeah, he is. And he just, I think he yeah. knows it. Yeah. And that's yeah. why he left it. He's like, I don't have to put up with this shit. Yeah, exactly. I'm perfect. I cook. I clean. Yeah. You know, I'm a writer. I'm cool. Fuck yeah. you. I'm Bes- out of here. <laughs> Besides Kramer's scene with the sweater in the bar, I yeah. think Elaine... Um, you know, Elaine with that open mouth reaction is my second favorite scene. Yeah, no, just it is. Like, like, ah, I, like, I just like the whole scene. I just how like just, her reaction. How it just escalates. Yeah, I know. It's like all flirty, lovey-dovey, and then yeah. suddenly it's like, where's the exclamation point? Yeah. That's no big deal. Yeah. But, you know, you could have put an exclamation point. Yeah. <laughs> it's she, pretty important. She's really not. What, you're, not you're not happy that she's having a baby? Of course I'm happy. Yeah, I didn't realize I was supposed to capture the mood the of capture every Capture the message. mood of every call. <laughs> And it's, it's so true. It's just yeah. a, it's just a message to prompt you to call someone back. It's not yeah. it's not a you know it's not a documentation. I'm leaving. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. Kramer, Newman, and Jerry organize a sting to confirm if Barry's on drugs. Kramer walks into a bar where he's having a drink and finds him sniffing at the bar. He manages to get a oh, oh I love when he says oh get me a drink Charlie. Yep. Name's Mitch. Name's Mitch. <laughs> I'll have a brewski, Charlie. Name's Mitch. I've been known to have a beer or two in my time. I suck these down like Coca-Cola. You smoke? No, I don't touch the things. What does he say? I suck them down like, like Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola. That's it. That's, yeah, amazing scene. Well, I've got some trivia about Michael Richards in that scene yeah. coming up, Yeah, as you probably know. Cool. Um, he manages, or Kramer manages, to get a picture of Barry in the bathroom stall. <laughs> What are you doing? You're creep. Kind of, what kind of nut are you? Yeah, what kind of nut are you? <laughs> what are you, some kind of nut? That's it. Fart's over there. Kramer should have been like, where's oh, the yeah. clock, Barry? Oh, it's over there. The clock's over there. <laughs> what are you, some kind of nut? George is hide uh, <laughs> after a success. <laughs> maybe Barry's related to clock guy. Oh, maybe. Airport clock guy. Yeah, boy. 
George succeeds in an interview and he's hired as a brass salesman, but loses his job moments later after feeling a random woman's shirt between his thumb and index finger. The lady is Farkas's boss, Ellen, played by Krista Miller. And Jerry writes a letter to end the business relationship between him and Barry, and after a mishap, Newman drops the letter near the mailbox and runs off. Jerry finds out from his pizza delivery guy that he's allergic to Kramer's sweater and runs after Newman. Jerry announces at Monks that Barry filed for bankruptcy and lost his money as Newman didn't deliver the letter in time. Mm. And it's implied that maybe uh, he indeed was a drug dealer because yeah. he filed for bankruptcy. Chapter yeah. 11. Yeah, it was left open mm. whether he was actually a drug user or whether he was allergic to mohair. Yeah. The, uh, the fabric that the sweater was made out of. Dun, dun, dun. Don't know. Very open-ended. Yes. Yes. That's a- right. A-, a couple of other secondaries that made it on the show. Uh, Lippman and Estelle Costanza. That's it. They appeared on the show. Yep. Uh, yeah, and some trivia, Stephen, about the sniffing accountants. Uh, so I was talking about Michael Richards just before. Mm. Uh, he took two takes to film his famous scene where he's drinking and smoking at the same time. Uh, and this scene actually clinched his second Emmy for the role of Kramer. Yeah. Yeah, this this one did it. Did you watch the uh, the outtake for the second scene? No, but you I heard it's on the DVD. Yeah, you can go onto YouTube. It's on there. You can watch it, yeah. No, I haven't seen that one yet. I want to. Yeah, they yeah. didn't use it because uh, Kramer... Uh, well, Michael Didn't he Richards. like cough, cough up? No, he burps. Oh, he burps. Yeah. Yeah. So it's if you watch it carefully, there's more beer. Like the 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 scene that actually is in the episode. It's not a, a full stein. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's still a lot of beer. It's a pint of beer, but mm. there's a lot more head on it. So yeah. There's yeah. less liquid to drink, and because that was his second take as well. Uh, but if you watch the first take, the one that didn't make it, yeah. Um, it's like there's barely any head on the beer, so there's more liquid. He drinks it slower. <laughs> And uh, he sort of ga- not gags, but he dry reaches. Slightly. He does, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's <laughs> a bit of you can tell there's a bit of gas in his yeah. uh, in his throat. Yeah, yeah, and he yeah. He just lets out this loud like oh. this loud belch. <laughs> they should have kept that in. Yeah, well, apparently they were thinking about it, yeah. but they didn't want to because they thought it was a bit too lowbrow, broad sort of humor. Right. You know, not in line with Seinfeld's normal humor because mm. they don't really talk about farts or burps or bodily functions. Mm. Um, yeah, so that's why they did another take, and that's the one that made the episode. Oh, that's awesome. Both amazing, though. Yeah, both incredible. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, I do like... <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a, just a monumentally amazing thing. It's definitely one of my top top, top five scenes ever yeah, in Seinfeld. Definitely. Ever. And it gave yeah. birth to a very famous like T-shirt slogan, which is, you know, here's to feeling good, good all on. the time. Here's to feeling good all the time. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a really popular meme i see it on t-shirts i see it slogans like not even used in the context of seinfeld yeah people just say it all the time well maybe we can reenact the scene i'll wear my jacket <laughs> i'll wear my sweater which looks like the one in seinfeld and okay. i'll uh, suck down a beer i'll grow like an early 90s mullet yeah <laughs> don't take this personally but when i come back i'm sitting, sitting over, over there, there. <laughs> there's a clock over there that's why <laughs> Ooh, it's all coming together there it is uh, so the same sweater is worn by george's date in the season three episode the boyfriend hmm. and it's actually in my closet so there you go <laughs> no not the same one you know Larry David Stephen actually worked as a bra salesman at one stage I did read that yes he had to do research on modern day bras and how they're configured in order to write the dialogue for the scene yeah update his, interview. update his bra knowledge yes because you know things change since he worked for them mm-hmm. so you know like Respandex I always, I always imagine like I don't know much about the history or development of bras but in my mind they've gotten less pointy mm-hmm. I always just think of bras as like like old timey bras like, like the pointy. 30s yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, where, I don't know, like whether that was functional or just bad design, or yeah. who knows. Um, and then Madonna kind of did a, a you know a pointy bra, yeah, like re- the conical shells. Weren't yeah, they? was yeah. that like a virgin? 
Yeah, might have been. Erotic, I don't know. One of her well-known songs. That she's era. got the yeah. she's got the pointy bra. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now you know. Now it's gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, it's in the archives. Yep. Yeah. In the bra archives. <laughs> <laughs> Strap in. Uh, you're definitely abreast of the situation. <laughs> <laughs> Seinfeld claims. You know Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're having fun, aren't we? I'm going to write a book about the history of Brazier's. Cool. What about bros? And bros, yeah. And that'll be ears. That'll be in there. That'll be like a chapter of like fictional bras. Man's ears. Yeah, man's ears, bros. Obviously, it's Seinfeld. I've got to work that in there. A coffee table book about bras. A bra, Which yeah. you can wear as a bra. <laughs> <laughs> you can configure it to look like a bra. Yeah. yeah. And um, I just want to write it and set all this up just to call it the bra archives. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yep. Hopefully no one takes it. Trademark yep. it quick. Yep. Someone will take it. Copyright. Copyright. Yep. And, and you know, Stephen, obviously you probably know this one, but Jerry, he claimed that his real-life accountant actually ripped him uh, $50,000 off him for drugs, yeah, which apparently. inspired the premise of the episode. Apparently it's never yeah. been proven, but no. that's what he uh, he suspected, and yeah. he, that's what he claimed, yeah. And that's what inspired the episode. Yeah. Yeah, sniffing accountant. Awesome. And another thing, Stephen, this was the first the first time, rather, that the line, barring some unforeseen incident, was uttered on the show. Yeah. And it, and it kind of became a catchphrase throughout the uh, throughout the remainder of the series. A precursor to chaos, yeah. as they say. Yeah. Mm. I never realized that until I read the stuff about this episode. I thought, oh, yeah, they do utter that line a few different times. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, which is just... It's sort of... Apparently, it wasn't intentional. Mm. The I think... Uh, Julia really loved it. Or yeah, yeah. Julia some, loved the line a lot. Someone really yeah. loved it, and yeah. they kept on repeating it on yeah. set, just mm. as like a you know, as like an in joke. And then it just worked its way into to scripts in in future episodes. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Barring some unforeseen incident. Bang. That's it. Yeah. Do you have any other trivia? Uh, no. No, that was it. Why don't we talk about some secondary characters? Yeah, sounds good to me. Barry right. Prophet. Uh, I think we should start mm. with Ellen. Ellen, okay, uh, played by Krista Miller, uh, appeared in the TV shows Cougar Town and Scrums, and she was a regular on the Drew Carey show. She That's was right. one of the main cast, played but 180 something episodes. Yeah, so I don't know if you read this, but uh, apparently her role in the sniffing accountant sort of set up the rest of her career. Ah, nice. So originally she wanted to be a dramatic actress. That mm-hmm. was sort of her forte. That's what she wanted to specialize in. But she got cast in the role uh, as Ellen in the sniffing accountant. Yeah. And she realized how much she loved comedy. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to continue down a comedy sort of acting path. Yeah. Um, and she auditioned for the role in uh, the Drew Carey show. Yeah, which was a big show at the time. Definitely. Like late 90s. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Big show. And she hit up Larry David mm-hmm. for a um, like a, a, a rough cut version of the episode yeah, yeah. to show the producers of the Drew Carey show because they weren't sure about her because of her lack of experience in comedic acting. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, and because it had Larry David's kind of support... And when they saw her performance in this episode, yeah. that's what convinced them to cast her as uh, a didn't catch a character name in the Drew Carey show. Oh, no, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, and then that kind of set up the rest of her career. Nice. Yeah, which I thought was really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And she's done well. Because I've seen her before. I was like, where have I seen her? And I was like, oh, she was in the main cast of the Drew Carey show with yep. Ryan Stiles and yeah. the other guy and Drew. And I never really watched Drew Carey show, but I did recognize her from Scrubs. I loved that show. Oh, Scrubs. Yeah, she was in there for a while, actually. Yeah. yeah she yeah, was yeah. the ex-wife of the... I think the the general manager of the hospital oh, yeah. or yeah. one of the main characters ex-wives mm-hmm. and she would only appear like you know every five episodes or something yeah. like that yeah. but no she was awesome oh awesome and yeah. you know she, um, uh, she also appeared Krista Miller she was in season six she was in the doodle that's right she yeah. was George's girlfriend yeah George's girlfriend yeah, yeah. Mm. that's right mm. they do that a lot where they double cast yeah. a lot of characters yeah and one other character oh, sorry, actors, yeah one say. other actor who we're going to talk about was in quite a few episodes as well that's it Seinfeld, yeah uh, on a side note, I did watch some of uh, Krista's pre-sort-of-acting, or, like, pre-comedy-acting yep. roles, 
And uh, one thing I watched was uh, a 90s Budweiser commercial. Nice. It, it was just the 90s. It was other than uh, uh, other than Jake's... Jake? Jake Jamel? Uh, no, other than Barry's oh, mullet. Oh, right. Probably the most 90s thing that's ever existed. <laughs> nice. Um, nice. Yeah, she's like a woman and she's sitting across the, from a guy who's uh, giving her a beer. <laughs> And I think he's trying to like hit her up to go home with him yeah, or something yeah. like that. And yeah. she's just like, nah, not having a bar of it. <laughs> and then not having a bar. You're good with the puns tonight. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, I just thought it was funny. And I did watch a little compilation of her being an extra on the Fresh Prince of Bel Air as well. Oh, she was in Bel Air too. Yeah. Yeah. Just in one episode. She. I think she played like a woman who. What's Jazz? What's Will Smith's character's name? Oh, the Fresh Prince. Jeez, uh, I never. Will? No, I think it's Will. His Is name's it actually Will. Yeah. Is it? Will. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he was trying to like pick her up, and she just wasn't again <sighs> having a bar of it. So ah, cool. Yeah, much like Ellen in the show. Yeah, she it doesn't, doesn't have a bar. Doesn't, of it. doesn't put up with George's shit. No, she's definitely, obviously, uh, you know, she's worked her way to the top. Mm. Possibly, maybe her business, like you know. Maybe she designed... I reckon that company probably has, like, a signature design for their bras. You know, like, some companies have, like, the one feature that separates them from the rest. She's probably... It's probably, like, the Apple of bra, you know, companies, you know? Well, my theory is that I I think she's the owner of the company. Yeah. And the CEO. Yeah. Because the company's name is E.D. Grandmont. Right. So, initial E, initial D. Ellen. Her name's Ellen. So, So it must be Ellen D. Grandmont. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, Sid is, I'm guessing, the CEO. We'll talk about him a bit later. Yeah. Um, and Sid sort of, you know, is completely at her mercy and subservient to her and sort of grovels towards her. I was under the impression he was like the general manager yeah. of sales. Okay. That was just my... True. That's what I thought Frank said. He was like the sales manager. Oh, really? Did yeah, you I say think that? Frank said okay. something. I, I got you an interview mm. with the sales man, a bra sales manager or something. Right. That's what I thought he said. Okay. No, that would make sense. Yeah, I guess yeah. Ellen could be the owner and the CEO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, regardless, he's directly under her. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, what? Because I, 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 it reminded me of, of a story I heard recently. I listened to a podcast about um, like uh, entrepreneurs, like building amazing, bu- like sort of disrupting, disrupting businesses that change industries and stuff. Oh, yeah. And I listened to yeah. one recently about a woman who started a fashion company. I can't even remember what the name of the company is. Okay. But she moved to New York. It was like a classic sort of rags to riches story. She moved to New York with no money. Um, you know, she was working a, a full-time job. This fashion company was a side side hustle, yeah. and it like built up, and she got investment, and she became rich, and blah blah blah. And it kind of reminded me of perhaps the way Ellen did it as well. Like in the late '80s, early '90s, even though it's women's fashion, mm. on the you know at the corporate level, it still would have been pretty dominated by men. Oh yeah. So you know, the yeah. odds were against her being a woman, mm-hmm. and also just you know, like just starting and and building up a company in, in New York is pretty tough. Massive. Yeah. It'd be very hard. That's it. Yeah. And I think, you know, she's quite, I mean, you know, justifiably so, but she's quite reactionary to George touching her fabric, which <laughs> is course. which is fine. I mean, yeah, it's pretty uh, creepy and I'd gross. feel pretty weird about that too, yeah. wouldn't you? Not totally. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not justified, but, you know, she doesn't... <laughs> I'm I'm actually rubbing Stephen's t-shirt with my well, thumb and index, but you already know, you already know me, so yeah, exactly. You, know. I f- you can rub me anytime you want. <laughs> so when's our next break? <laughs> anyway, we're cutting to a break. We'll be back, maybe never. Yeah, <laughs> no, we'll still here. Yeah, don't yeah, worry we'll about it. We'll still be here. We're still here. That's it. All good. Yeah, and I mean, so she's obviously got quite a tough sort of front. Yeah, definitely. And I, and I was trying to figure definitely. out: is that who she is, or is that just her? personality at the office because she's needed she's needed to build that personality up just to survive in a pretty sort of hostile you know corporate 
world. Yeah, in yeah. New York. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I really like her. Yeah, she's pretty good, huh? Yeah. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I mean, she's only in one scene for, what, 30 seconds, but... It, again, anyone who cuts George down, I'm 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 happy about. You're down with that, indeed. Yeah, me too. That's it. <laughs> Stuff him. Yeah, love him, but I also want to. <laughs> I have this weird duality with George, where I love him. The worse he is, the more I like him. But the more you want him to suffer. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. It's I can't. Yeah, it's a it's a contradiction. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should talk about Barry, the main Barry. secondary character from the episode. Barry Prophet. Barry, what a name! I know. Like, wouldn't be funny if his name was like Prophet, like F I T. Yeah, Prophet, but it's actually Prophet like Jesus or Muhammad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Played by Canadian actor John Capellos, uh, he's appeared in films including The Breakfast Club. He was uh, Kyle the janitor. Yeah, in The Breakfast Club. Yep. I was like, oh yeah, he is too. Yeah. Oh no. Nice. I haven't seen The Breakfast Club in a long time. Oh. But when I read that, it just like yeah. Yeah, because like, it's only him and like the principal who are the adult characters, I guess. Oh, well, you get the parents at the end and the start of the movie, but yeah. you know they're like the main two adults. Yeah, you know, and Carl's one of them. That's it. Nice. Yeah, That's awesome. He's he's best known for being a really um well for being an eighties sort of character actor. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. was in Sixteen Candles. Have you seen that? Yeah. Really good film with the Molly Ringwald. That's it. Yeah, and, and uh, he was in Internal si- Affairs. Okay, yep. haven't seen that. And Weird Science. You Weird said. Science yeah. again. Nice. Who was in Weird Science last week? One of the characters. Oh no, it was a TV show. I think it was a oh, female right. actress. That's right. Yeah, yeah, from last week's episode. Yeah. Can't I remember who it was. Yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't Babu. No, was it Babu? Oh no, it was what to do with Babu. Yeah. Oh, maybe he was in it. But didn't we mention? Was it? Yeah, it was Babu. Oh, it was. It was the actor who plays Babu. Oh, Brian George. Brian George. Yeah, he was in Weird Science. Oh, he was in Weird Science. He was in the nineties TV series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The TV, not 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 the movie, but 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 uh, what's his name? John's in the movie. Yeah, yeah. And I'm pretty sure we've mentioned Weird Science before from another actor, like last season or something. Yeah, and very recently he's actually appeared in the film The Shape of Water, which came out recently, up for several awards. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's up for. Well, I think it won a Golden Globe or two, or was nominated, and uh, might be up for some Oscars. Okay. It's directed by Guillermo del Toro. Wow. So, yeah, he was in that just recently, his recent film. Okay. There I you go. Do you like me some Guillermo del Toro? Yes, and he was also in nine episodes of the show Justified. Okay. Yeah. Haven't seen that. No, I did. Not. Uh, a few things that stood out to me out of his TVography was uh, Queer as Folk, underrated show from oh, the 90s. Yeah, yeah, really it's good a show. show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Transparent is, I'm not sure if you've seen that. I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it, yeah. Really good. Yeah. The X Files, oh, another winner. And uh, ER, underrated medical drama. Underrated? It was a yeah. high rating show, man. Well, it was high rated at the time, <laughs> but I don't think it's got the. Been appreciated in, yeah, in the future. I think yeah. it's kind of been forgotten. I, hopefully, there's a revival. Hopefully, yeah. they bring it back. We need a good new medical drama. Yeah, we do, actually. Grey's yeah, Anatomy sh- died Chicago. like years ago. Grey's Anatomy. No, we can bring back ER. Yeah. That'd be good. Like a relaunch. Yeah. Yeah. Like in the modern times. Yeah. That'd be freaking sick. They should call it RER. <laughs> <laughs> you need a kick in the RER by the sounds of it. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. With your attitude. Yeah. Interestingly, uh, is it Capellos? Capellos? Capellos. Capellos. He manages a independent record label nice. called Capuzzi Records. Capuzzi. It sounds like a slang name for like a, a body part or something. Like, show me your Capuzzi. It sounds like something from The Sopranos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Show oh, me your Capuzzi. You fucking Capuzzi. <laughs> you fucking Capuzzi. <laughs> uh, this guy over here is a fucking Capuzzi. Yeah, let's fucking take him out, huh? I don't know anything Fester about... Fester Yeah. <laughs> Fester Where's the Gabagool? It's next Where? to the Capuzzi. And it's next to the Gourmet. <laughs> yeah, it's next to the Gourmet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about Carpuzzi Records, but uh, yeah, it's a record label, nice. and he apparently owns it. Very nice. It. Good on him. So, Barry. Barry. Now, the big question that I have for you, Steve, mm. was Barry actually a druggie or not? What's your take? Uh, I thought about this, and I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say that he was just allergic to mohair. 
Yeah, like the pizza guy. But at the same time, that doesn't mean he couldn't have been a drug user. No. He could have been a drug user anyway, and he just happened to be uh, allergic to mohair. But there's other ways to get in debt, not just drugs. That's true. You know? Yeah. Maybe and I mean, he was just, involved in some other criminal activity. That's it. Maybe and he was just, a pusher. Maybe he wasn't an addict. That's true. Do, do, do. Yeah, that's true, actually. Maybe he organized the finances for, like, the drug dealers and mafia and Like stuff. a money wanderer or something. Maybe. Yeah. Football. And then they gave him a bit on the side as a reward. True. They, they paid him in drugs. Yeah. yeah. That's true. But, I mean, he... Uh, you know, and that's not to say that... I mean, he went into bankruptcy. His mm. firm, which is Prophet and Goldstein. I took note of that because when Jerry calls... Nice. The, the, the woman on the phone is like, Prophet and Goldstein. Yeah. Um, you know, they went into bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. But they it might not have anything to do with... Uh, Barry's apparent drug habits. Maybe not. Maybe he was just bad at running a business. Maybe, yeah. He you just know? didn't have the sense. He didn't yeah. have the uh, financial smarts. That's it. He was an accountant with no financial smarts. More dollars than cents. <laughs> <laughs> that older dad. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, as a as a person, obviously quite... I was, I was going to say confident, but the more I think about it, I think it's arrogance. Yeah. Because he's, he's quite uh, judgmental about the fact that they eat at monks. He's like, you eat here? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you eat here? Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think he's, he's used to having, like, power lunches and yeah, stuff. Yeah, he's used to, like, his $50 plates of yeah. two olives, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I think he eats a lot of steak. <laughs> Steak. You know, like like power lunches. Oh, power lunches. You know, okay. Like, oh, is yeah, that like, what a power lunch is? Yeah, like, well, no, not necessarily. Like, power lunch is just like a high-powered business lunch. Oh. But they normally eat steaks. Yeah. Like, st- okay. I think steaks are associated with power. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Because steaks are, like, unaffordable. Maybe. <laughs> in 90s New York. Maybe. <laughs> Early 90s so. New York. Yeah. I don't know yeah. much about the steak industry in New York's history, but... Yeah, I don't know about I the meat know. industry there either. I always just think mm. of, like, you know, high-powered business people having power lunches. To me, they're always having steaks. I don't know why. Because it's like a sign of affluence. I feel like steak expensive now. steaks. Damn it! Yeah, I don't know. The steaks are high. <laughs> oh shit! I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't you make... grilled that one, mate. I did. I wouldn't. I wouldn't hype you're, it up you're too much. You're a rare breed. <laughs> I wouldn't hype it up too much. Might not meet your expectations. Oh, you're rare. <laughs> don't have a cow. Well um, done, man. <laughs> <laughs> well done. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty. I good. I saw a couple of like steak. You know, cooking type references. Really yep. well done. Yep. I don't know if you heard them. No, I, I got them. Oh, you got them. That's good. Not I'm sure the listener did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, now we're being very obvious, so they have no choice. Yeah, it's like you can't give away your secrets. So you asked me a big question. Mm-hmm. Um, same question back to you. Do you think he was a drug user, or he was just allergic to mohair, or was he both? Drug user. Really? Mm. Okay. And do you think that's why he was sniffing? Well, possibly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe, mm. uh, yeah. Oh, uh, and then Kramer says to Jerry, oh, did he go to the bathroom? Mm. And he goes, yeah. And he's like, whoa, did you say things like hip? Yeah. Did you use the term man? When he was leaving, did he say, I'm splitting? I'm splitting. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, the 70s? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Like a 70s like pimp guy, like, I'm splitting. I'm splitting, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm so fly. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. so hip. <laughs> With like a walking cane and like a big hat. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, well, like, like Kramer. Kramer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the pimp. In that episode, yeah. yeah. That's it. Um, no, I, I think I think he was a drug dealer. Drug dealer? Uh, yeah. No, 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 sorry, a drug user. Drug right. User. I think he had to use it. I think for him, he worked long hours. Okay. And he needed, like, a stimulant. Right. Not that he did it just for the pleasure. I think he did it more to help with his career. Okay. And to help, you know, he probably worked long hours. Yeah. Jerry's accounts. And then did Kramer and Newman's accounts as well and well, he was many the, others. So, he you know, he probably needs something a, to kickstart 
kickstart his uh that's true actually films, you know i never thought of that mm. like most most of the time you associate like drugs and finance with like partying and mm. excess like wolf of wall street shit yeah he probably but, stayed up to like three in the morning doing accounts yeah you rarely ever think of drugs as just like a, a functional thing just to keep you going mm. but that's actually i like that i like that angle <laughs> and then jerry makes a good point in the you know the last comedy sketch you know like the stand-up bit and he goes oh you know you see athletes and musicians and they use drugs and you think what are these drugs you know they have great lives but an accountant well yeah they kind of need drugs <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> yeah. so boring and it's like and, and then he says like the judge says oh do you do you plead guilty or why did you have the possession of the drugs but your honor i'm an accountant <laughs> and he goes all right just give this guy his peyote peyote <laughs> buttons and his uh, and his tequila and let him go home <laughs> you know <laughs> i like that yeah it's That's like you need defense. you need drugs for to be an accountant yeah, yeah. just to just to not kill yourself from boredom exactly so i think that's why he did it i think he just needed it to kind of not necessarily to get like high yep but probably more to get through his work he just needed some kind of yeah some stimulant okay i think i yeah. like that take yeah yeah i noticed that he drinks i couldn't i couldn't figure out whether it was scotch and soda or whiskey and water mm-hmm. um but when he's drinking at pete's tavern where kramer meets him um whiskey and water yeah Ugh. yeah people have like whiskey and water sometimes oh it just yeah, like, yeah. Just you see like the out. water spray you know um, like in, in shows you know how they pull the whiskey and then there's like that spray you know like that fancy spray bottle it's like yeah 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 a lot of the doesn't have like the pump and... doesn't have like the pump where you get like like a perfume pump it's like um, i don't know i've never seen know. that maybe yeah. i don't drink a lot of whiskey so i don't know much no, about it i don't um, have i don't live in mad men so you know yeah in the in the uh setting yeah so um yeah, so that made me, and he and he has that really nice pinky ring, that really big fat pinky oh, ring yeah, that, he that does, Elaine doesn't that he? Elaine comments on as well. Yeah, when yeah. He's, when, at the start, when he's at monks, he does, and that would make me think he. I think he likes the f- more refined, finer things in life. Oh, he sure does. Well, not now he's bankrupt. That's it. <laughs> but that made me think maybe that's why he went bankrupt. He was living beyond his means. Mm, okay, and he yeah. couldn't. He couldn't, even though sort of ironically, the drugs were helping him work harder. Yeah. They're also his undoing as well because mm-hmm. he couldn't afford to pay. Because coke is an expensive drug. Oh yeah, you know that's why rich people do it. Do it, yeah, yeah. Mm, good uh, point. Do you think he was bankrupt? I mean, we sort of said before maybe he went bankrupt because of you know something to do with drugs. You know, do you think maybe he was just bad at his job? He just you know like even though he's an accountant for for Jerry Kramer and uh, Newman. Maybe he was just a bad accountant. I think the drugs eventually got to him. I think okay. he was a good accountant, and then maybe he was struggling with the workload. Right. And then he, you know, I told you, you know, he was probably mm. starting to do drugs or whatever. And then I think one day, you know, the drugs just got too much of a hold on him. Okay. And then he needed more and more and more. and uh, Like impaired his judgment? Yeah, impaired to, like, his judgment. Or? He probably screwed up accounts. Maybe he had contracts with, like, other people, and he fucked mm. up their accounts. Yep. And they said, what the hell is this? Why, am I, why do I have, like, a $10,000 tax bill? Mm. Barry, what have you done? True. You know, and he's, he's like, I'm sorry, man, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's it, I'm not doing business with you anymore. That's true. You know, so he's probably lost. There was a lot of churn yep. in his business. Yep. So I think that's what happened. Mm. I think the drugs, like you said, it was his undoing. Yep. Yeah. Bit of a vicious cycle. Yeah. He needed them to keep going, but um, they're also his undoing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think it was. Definitely. Vicious. So if we assume that Coke is the drug that he's using most. Yeah. Regard, like whether that's causing his sniffing or whether he is allergic to mohair. Who mm-hmm. knows? Mm-hmm. But he's, you know, he sort of, he likes the high-flying lifestyle. Yeah. Um, he needs a stimulant to keep him working Of hard. course, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Coke, yeah. Coke is the default drug that we're going to assume. Yeah. Uh, 
I think that's the only reason he wore that haircut because that haircut is like <laughs> it's, it's just shocking. It's he was too like, stoned to figure out what his hair looked like. Well, I mean, coke makes you real cocky. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, and sort of like thinks that everything you do is amazing, everything mm-hmm. you say is awesome. Yeah, I know. You know, if he kind of gives you, it literally gives you like a high. That's it. Big note yourself. That's like it. you big note yourself after having it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 yeah you think that everything you say is amazing. Yeah. Um, what's your uh, What's your question? Well, it's not really a question. I think just. The oh, fact, it's a statement. Just okay. the fact that he, you know, he would have been had to, he would have had to have been very high to wear that haircut so confidently. <laughs> Maybe it was the fashion. It's like an onion on my beard. It's a style at the time. But he he didn't learn though. I mean, if you watch the first season of Frasier, which is set in 1992, Frasier has a really similar like yeah. skullet. Like you know, he's going bald, mm-hmm. but it's a mullet at the back. Yeah, business at the front, party at the back. But there's no style. business. He's he's bald. <laughs> yeah, it's like if Costanza <laughs> grew a if, if Costanza grew a mullet, it's called a skullet. <laughs> he went bankrupt, <laughs> like <laughs> Barry did. <laughs> did. There's no business on the front. No, not at all. It's that, all party. <laughs> that haircut <laughs> is a symbol of his. Is to profit gold standard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you reckon that would have been Barry's haircut when he was bankrupt? He just thought I'll just shave the front of my head. Yeah. Just That's have it. the party at the back <laughs> on cocaine that I'm getting. That's lent where to he hit his cocaine stash and his mullet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> had like a little vial in his mullet. Oh, and yeah. got it out. But yeah, he would have had to have been as high as a kite to wear that haircut so confidently. But yeah, Frasier, I mean, Frasier in the first season, you watch the first season, he's got that terrible, like, early 90s mullet. Yeah, yeah. But by season two, he cuts it. Mm. He's like, what am I doing? He's looked in the mirror, he's like, the 80s are over. Yeah. This haircut is awful, and he cut it. Mm-hmm. So, Barry didn't learn, Barry didn't do what Frasier did. No, so he's stuck in the 80s. That's it. And he would have had to have been high. Yeah. High. Buddy Carl, the janitor. <laughs> first you're a janitor, now you're an accountant. <laughs> sniffing coke. What yeah. are you doing? I don't know. Goodness. Yes. Yes. Anything more about Barry? No, nah, that's it for me. Yeah. Uh, no, that's it. I didn't mind him. It's a good I, character. I fucking love Barry. Yeah, it's good. Oh, awesome. well, where will he turn up in his top ten, ladies and gentlemen? I guess we'll find out soon. Who knows? Ba-ba-ba. Why don't we take a small break and we'll talk about the rest of the secondaries. Yeah, Sid Farkas and Jake Jamel. Let's do it. When I was 14 years old, I was in my friend's bathroom. His mother's brassiere was hanging over the shower rod. and I picked it up. I studied it. I thought... I like this. I didn't know in what way or on what level, but I knew I wanted to be around Brazier's. That's an incredible story. You have a remarkable passion for Brazier's. Well, they're more than just underwear to me, Mr. Farkas. All right, we'll talk about uh, Sid. Yes, Sid Farkas. Yes, Jake. Sounds good. Cool. Sid Farkas. He's played by Patrick Conan. He's appeared in Star Trek: The Next Generation and Home Improvement. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I've always said you do like the best grunts for yeah. Home Improvement. Yours are just mine are terrible. Yours are just. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll put that in the breaks. Maybe I'll just have you going on one of the breaks. Well, when we when we run out of secondary characters to do in Seinfeld, we'll move over to Home Improvement. <laughs> nice. And the whole hour will just be us grunting. Uh, that, that's the hour. Just try and match uh, up Ja Rule and, and Tim Allen. Oh. Everybody would be living it up. 
What do I do? What do I do? And then we can throw some Scooby Doo in for good measure. True. Yeah. Ripping it up. Yeah. Ripping it up, Raggy. Yeah, so Patrick Conan. Conan now, Stephen, very ironic, actually. I, I was looking at Patrick's uh, IMDb page. Ironically, he co starred in a 1997 TV movie called Breast Man. Really? Yes, which starred David Schwimmer and Chris Cooper. It sounds uh, like a really shit romantic comedy. Yeah. It was basically a movie about two doctors who invented breast implants and they become successful. Okay. Yeah. Right. It's a TV movie. Okay. But it was funny because, you know, he's a brass salesman and it was a movie called Breast Man. That's true. So I thought, oh, that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, Coincidence. I'd, thought I'd share that one with you. Yeah. Yeah. We've already made all the bra and breast puns, so I'm yeah. not as impressed. I appreciate the um the thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought of you when I saw it. I was like, oh, he'd like it. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Anytime. I feel, very, I feel very special. Anytime, man. Cool. So, Sid Farkas. Uh, I think Costanza says, or doesn't Frank say that he was like friends with him or something? No. Childhood friends, was no. it? Friends? He, no. He was friends he with him? Phil Kasikoff, who ah. was the sales agent ah. that knows Frank. That knows Frank, yes. That got him the interview. That's right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, Phil, yeah, yeah. Phil is obviously a subordinate to Sid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and if uh, George didn't touch a stranger's person yeah he would have been uh ellen's in, 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 jacket yeah ellen's jacket he could have been a brass salesman for the next three seasons yeah he would have been uh you know in competition with phil yeah phil kasikoff mm-hmm. yeah so do you have any do you have much on sid uh much on sid uh, not really i mean you know he's i think you know you mentioned before he might be the ceo but no i think he's no, maybe the, right. i think he's the sales manager he's like I've, the head manager of sales yeah when we were talking about ellen i forgot that that um mm. that frank in the scene prior actually says he's the sales he's the manager. sales manager yeah, yeah. and yeah and I mean, why would the CEO hire a salesman? It would be the sales manager. Yeah. I think he's very passionate about his job. Like, yeah. even though it's bras, he mm. knows all the configurations. And I think he really has a passion for his work. I yep. think, you know, he really studies he the product. He knows what he stands behind. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he knows what he's selling. Yep. You know what I mean? I reckon he would have been a bra pioneer. Maybe... Maybe yeah. he led the change from whatever bras were before. Um, is it spent like spandex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, maybe whatever Into something else. Yeah, maybe the maybe he maybe is. he pioneered the the change from the, whatever the material was to like spandex. Yeah, yeah, he you was know. the guy. Yeah, because I mean, Larry David, you know, in his uh, in the inspiration for the B story in this episode, he used to, as we said before, he used to be a bra salesman, mm-hmm. and he had to sort of study up on modern bra. Yeah stuff yeah they had to actually call um the, the writers had to call bra companies that's to right get information yeah pre-internet yeah pre-internet days yeah they and couldn't I, don't think anything. There, I don't think there would be, be many books at the library about bras don't think so no <laughs> so and if there is they should have been called the bra companies. all the teenage boys would have taken them yeah true that's true i remember being like a weird teenager and looking in like photography books like arty photography books because it might have had like you know some naked people I'd be like, oh, Ooh. you should have read a target catalog yeah. there's always women in bras that's true a braget catalog <laughs> that was <laughs> that was my go-to when i was younger yeah no that was that was like yeah that was easy access porn <laughs> yeah. before, before the internet <laughs> exactly anyway uh i also had that he was a bit of a he's a bit of a like a not a weasel but just like a bit of a bit of a wuss a wuss, yeah. Oh, yeah. well, when, you know, you have a boss like Ellen. Yeah, Jesus, that's true. You know. That's true. Because she, she gives him the ultimatum. She says, it's either you or him. Yeah. And then he's like, get out. That's true. Actually, I should give him more credit. He's not really yeah. a wuss. He's just, he's reacting reasonably Absolutely. to a threat yeah. to his employment. So Ellen doesn't muck around, does she? No. Mm-hmm. She is a 
She's a she runs a tight ship. She does. No bullshit. No bullshit. No bullshit at all. Yeah, lots of support. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Right. I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. I noticed about Sid as well. He I mean, he he doesn't know George, so he believes his his lies. His lies, yeah. Of and course. I mean George's lie is pretty I mean he's a he's an expert liar. It's quite convincing, isn't it? It's one of his best. Yeah, I think so. Because he doesn't just sell it like the the situation or the story. He sells it emotionally. He does. You believe like you believe what he's saying regardless of what he's saying. Yeah. Cause of the way because of the way he says it. The way he conveys the story yeah. is just mag- you know, magnificent. Yeah, I mean Sid is Sid is moved. He's like, That's an amazing story. Yeah. You know. I think you've got the job. What does he say? Start on, start at night. You know, start. Come in Mon- Monday, Monday morning, nine o'clock. If sir, you don't mind, a, yes, sir, sir, if it's all right, I'll be here at eight o'clock. I'll be here at eight o'clock. Excellent, excellent. So he's obviously he likes people. You know, working like going above and beyond. Oh yeah, professionally. Definitely. I noticed though he. I, I think maybe it's a maybe it's a, a flaw in his hiring policy or hiring methods. I think he hires more on sort of personality and then narrative rather than their skills. Yeah. Because he actually says to George point blank or he states, he's like, you know, you don't really have any experience in mm-hmm. the bra industry. Mm. And George is like, no, no, but I like bras. Like, you know, I don't have any professional experience, yeah. but personally, they're I think they're great. And, and, and I said Sid stands behind the products he sells. You know, it. he knows exactly what he's selling. So if you find someone who's really passionate for bras, yep. who's like Sid, Sid uh, will just think, oh, yeah, yeah. Do you think maybe he recognized like a younger version of himself in Possibly. George? Yeah, he was going to become his protege. Yep. Yeah, I his think protégé. so. His protege. His <laughs> 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 Pretty happy with that one. Yeah, I'm sure. Probably not your best one, but it's all right. Oh, well. It's something. Not my breast one, but uh, yeah. it'll do. Jake Jarmel. <laughs> Should we talk about him? Yes, we shall. So he's played by Marty Rackham. He's known for Star Trek, Deep Space Nine, Melrose Place, and Jag. I, I didn't see any other credits. Sorry, before you go on about mm. Marty, what's the first syllable in uh, his last name? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Rack of lamb. <laughs> Rack of ham. Yes. And do you know Jake Jamel? He's actually appeared in two more episodes of Seinfeld, The mm-hmm. Opposite and The Scoff Law. And, you know, he plays a police officer in the trip part two. He does. Do you remember those two cops that pick up Jerry and George? Yep. Yeah, he's one of the cops. The guy that's, I think we sort of talked about him, he's really disenfranchised with life. Yeah. Oh, no, was he his No, he was no, he wasn't. Cop. He was the second cop, yeah. That's so right. that's when Jerry and George get picked up to go to the police station yep. to save Kramer. Yep. And so there's one cop, and then there's Jake Jarmel on the passenger seat. Mm. Or the, the actor who plays him. Yeah. He's credited as officer number two. I that's think. right. Yeah. Yep. Mm. I really like Jake. I think he's I think a really so stand-up, nice guy. And I think he knows it. I think he's confident because yep. he knows he's a good catch. And that's why he just, you know, after a small little argument about exclamation points, he's like, I'm out of here. I'm yeah, done. I don't I'm need done. this bullshit. Yeah. I don't, I'm, too, too short, man. I'm too good to put up with this shit. Yeah, exactly. And he yep. cleans up Elaine's apartment, which is a wonderful thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And even Elaine says, you're great. Yeah. You know? And I don't think they've been going out for long either. No. You no. know, maybe a few weeks or something. They met in the office. That's right. So they must be co-workers. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think she's editing his work. He's yeah, a writer yeah. that's obviously got a publishing deal with um with uh what's the publishing? Pendant publishing. Pendant yeah, and then they publishing. uh and then they have a thing for each other and yeah. they go from there. That's it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I for some reason I thought maybe he's a writer of fictional drama. Okay. Cuz you know when uh, Lipman is giving shit to Elaine about the overuse of exc- exclamation points. Yes. I can't remember the lines that he said. It was a bit chilly outside, so I put on my sweater. Sweater, yeah. <laughs> Just those lines, I don't know, they didn't sound like 
like they'd be part of like a biography or like fiction. And they I love sound how, like they'd be part of a fictional story. Yeah, and I love how the line sweater is a reference to like Kramer sweater. It's yep. like, chill outside, I'm wearing a sweater. Oh my God. Yeah. And wow. it's like an episode with the sweater. Didn't even think of that. Yeah. yeah. Nice observation. Like, nice, nice link there. Nice uh, throwback. Very nice observation. <laughs> yeah. Nice in episode throwback. Yep. Mm, nice. Yeah. I found him to be really, um, I don't know, I think he's just like a cool, confident writer guy. Yeah, yeah, you writer, know? yeah. That's yeah. it. Cool guy. Yeah, and he um, he really likes emphasizing. Did you notice that when they're arguing as he's leaving, yeah. he actually says, how does he leave again? Yeah, what does he, he say? You can put an exclamation point on this. I'm leaving. He actually makes a hand motion. Yeah, he does. An exclamation point. He's like, I'm leaving. And, and he like does Elaine, the little dot. Yeah, and then yeah. Elaine does the open mouth. Ha, 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 ha. She's just like, in complete we gotta put shock. That, we got to put that on our socials. That yeah, reaction like, is just... Ha, ha, ha. That reaction is just... I love that reaction. <laughs> she's in complete disbelief. Maybe that should be like our picture when we put up the episode. Yeah. Could just, or maybe... Oh, no, it's got to be Kramer drinking and smoking. Yeah. That's got to be the picture. We can do one. More okay. than one. All right. We'll put up two. But we've got to put Elaine's reaction, the open mouth. If you know that scene, if you watch the episode recently, wow. Hmm. It's so good. Yep. So funny. Jake Jamel's a character that Elaine goes to in hospital, right? He gets he's an accident, you know when she gets the Gigi fruits? Uh is that Jake Jamel? You I know the episode where I think he's in a couple of episodes. Oh no, that's that's the opposite. Yeah, yeah, that's him, Jake Jamel. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's the opposite. That's where uh, George, you know, gets the job at the Yankees and everything yep. goes wrong for Elaine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Gigi Fruits, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah he's that's in Jake hosp- Jamel. Yeah. He's in the hospital. You stop for Gigi Fruits? Yeah. <laughs> you knew yeah. I was in hospital? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's Jake Jamel. Yeah. Yeah. That just makes me like him even more. Yeah. Like, calls her out, he's like, What? <laughs> <laughs> for Gigi Fruits? Like, yeah. what kind of asshole are you? Exactly. Yeah. No, I really like like uh, like Jake, yeah, he's and he's one. got a cool name too, Jake Jamel. Jake Jamel. I think I think it it, it feels smooth, maybe because it kind of sounds like caramel Jamel. Yeah, I don't Jake know. Just those those uh, Jake Bramel. Jake Bramel, stop it! <laughs> if, if our subscriber numbers drop now, I, I don't blame them. <laughs> Seriously, it's Bramel. Fake news. Fake news. Yeah. Fake news. <laughs> alternative facts. Alternative facts. Alternative facts. Anyway, stop it, Steve. N. we got a show to do. A couple of other secondaries to talk about. Um, I think I'm the only one with notes. I think so. Yeah. So there's Mitch, who Kramer calls Charlie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Bartender at Pete's Tavern. Yeah. So his name's. Give me a drink, Charlie. Yeah. It's like Mitch. I'll have a brewski, Charlie. I'll brewski, Charlie. It's Mitch. Yeah. (laughs) The only thing I had about Mitch, his name's Mitch. Cool. Cool. (laughs) And let me guess, the pizza delivery guy, Ralph. Ralph. Yeah. Yep. Allergic to mohair. He is. Yeah. Yep. I think he's delivering pizza to put himself through school. Yeah. Okay. I didn't go that deep, but yep. anyway. And because he seems really friendly with Kramer. Yeah. Because fr- like Kramer's stoked to see him. He's like, "Hey, Ralph, how's it going?" He must frequent the building. I think regularly. so. Yeah, yeah. I think he's just like the he's like the only delivery guy for like a local pizzeria, mm-hmm. and everyone knows him in the neighborhood, and he's just like a cool, friendly guy. Yeah. Cool. Yep. Uh, the. <laughs> <laughs> oh, more goodness. Yep. So the woman at Monks. Oh yeah, right at the end. Yeah, oh yeah, who feels the sweater? Yep, it feels Jerry's shirt. Yep, yep. The thing that um, I had about her is that she goes to Monks. Okay, and she likes fabric. (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. (laughs) So we're really reaching, aren't we? Sure. The (laughs) off-screen character who's mentioned, I mentioned him before, Phil Kasikoff. Yeah, yeah. Who's the who I imagine is like the head sales guy. At, um, so not like the regional manager, like no, Sid, at Ed Grumont. No, no, yeah, he's the like the head. Down. He's like the he's like the hotshot sales guy. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yep. And the other secondary is that uh, we've talked about before um, on the show, uh, Mr. Lipman. 
Yeah, yeah, I mentioned Lipman. Yep, Newman and oh, we George haven't done Spokes. A, we haven't done an episode on Lipman yet. No. We've done an episode on the Costanza. That's true. But, yeah. Sorry, we've done Newman episode 20 and George's yep. parents episode 10. Of season one. Of season one. Yep. Um, we haven't done Lipman yet, but we will eventually. We will, yes. And that's all the secondaries, I think. Fantastic. Should we just get straight to the top 10 episodes and uh, characters? Why don't we? No break? Nope. Let's do it. All right, Steve. Top 10 secondary characters. Now, none made my list today, which okay. is a bit of a shame, but uh, how did you go? None made my top 10, but uh, Barry top is 20? number 11. Number 11 for okay. Barry. Okay. Yep. Cool. Yep. Not even Jake Jamel. I nope. thought he would have been in your top 10. No. No? No. Like him, but that's probably the reason I... I don't know. He just didn't... didn't no. No, it doesn't like, like him. him, but I don't care about him. Fair enough. Does that make sense? Yeah, that was like Babu. Like, I liked him, but so he wasn't good enough for my top 20. I think because... I don't know. If someone's like... I think because it's in the world of Seinfeld where they all sort of thrive on being jerks. If a secondary character isn't a jerk, I'm like, you're too nice for Seinfeld. I like you because you're nice. But isn't it a nice nice juxtaposition compared to the other characters? Having someone nice like that? But that's not what I want from a secondary character. I want them to be like jerks (laughs) or just just weird. You want them to be like employees at the jerk store, basically. Yeah, yeah. And they're running out of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah. I I don't want them to be like real nice people. They have to be... Jerks. Or jerks. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So Barry comes in at number 11. If you want to hear the uh, top 10, listen to last week's episode. Yeah. I haven't mentioned my top 10 for a couple of weeks. So I'll mention them. Uh, number 10, Tim Motley. Number 9 is Meryl from The Wife. 8 is Joe, the fruit store owner from The Mango. 7 is Mary Cantati from The Baby Shower. Liar. Um, 6 is Bookman from The Library. 5 is Newman. 4, Susan. 3, The Soup Nazi. 2, Frank Costanza. And 1, Steinbrenner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Now, Stephen, out of 33 episodes that we have reviewed so far and the secondary characters, where does the sniffing accountant fall in your top 33? Is it number 33, number one, or somewhere in the middle? Somewhere in the middle. All right. So I'll go through my top 10. Oh, no. So number 10. I'm excited. I've got got a good feeling about this. All right. Number 10 is the mango. Uh Number nine is the subway. No. Number eight is the apartment. Oh, shit. Number seven is the pony remark. Oh, shit. Number six is the baby shower. Oh, shit. Number five is the stakeout. Oh, shit. Number four is the limo. Number two is the movie. What's number three? Uh, Skip number three. Oh, did I? Sorry. Number three is the movie. Yeah. Do you remember what my number one was? No. <laughs> okay. So, after we did the episode, it was the pen. And it took me a while. Um, and I've decided that the pen still remains at number one. Oh, the sniffing accountant is number two. Number I two. Put, oh. I was almost going to put the sniffing accountant as uh, number one. Um, I was almost going to tie them, actually. Sniffing at number two. That's it. Nice. So, great episode. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. Yeah. Definitely, and definitely one of Michael Richards' best performances ever. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Sure. He's, he's on fire the whole episode. Yeah, that's his. And apparently it's one of his favourite episodes ever. Yep. Of Seinfeld. Yeah. Michael Richards, yeah. Yep. He yep. loves it. I, would you say yep. that that is the iconic Kramer scene? It's, I think so. Oh, it's one of, yeah. 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 What would you say matches it in terms of... Oh, there's just too many, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head. Yeah. But that's uh, that's probably the iconic one. Yeah. Him with the sweater, the cigarette hanging out of his mouth, drinking the stein. Well, it kind of just represents Kramer to a T. Yeah. You know, like... He's all party. He's all party. <laughs> he's dumb. No shame with the sweater. No shame. He's dumb. Yeah. He's weird. Yeah. He just does random dumb shit. He does. And he... Yeah. I think that's... Yeah. He, he I, just, think, I think that beats he, it. I he, think that does it. That's kind yeah. of his moral as well for life. Like, he's, he always tries to feel good. He's always trying to do stuff to feel he's good. He's feeling good all the time. That's it. Yeah. It's a good life motto. Love it. Where does the uh, sniffing account fall in your top 10, if it does? 
Uh, number eight. Okay. Yeah, so my top ten, the limo, nine's the movie, eight's the sniffing accountant, seven, the pony remark, six, the Hamptons, five, the bizarro Jerry, four, the soup Nazi, three, the puffy shirt, two, the outing, and one, the mango. Nice. Our last episode of season two. Yep, good yep. episode. Mm. Indeed. Yeah. So do you have any Seinfeldisms for the week? No, I do not. Okay. Well, actually, I I was telling you before, I'm, I'm writing uh, some short stories at the moment. Mm-hmm. So it actually just came to me. Um, so I'm, I'm writing some short stories. I want to do like an anthology series yeah. about stories based around Melbourne, like some science fiction, some supernatural, some kind of black comedy, you know, drama, action. You know, I want to mix up the stories. I want to make some unique, uh, you know, short stories. Yeah. Anyway, I was in the middle. Like I, I finished. I've almost finished the first draft of one of my stories, mm-hmm. and I was about to write, and then you know, just like Jerry and George did with the pilot. You know, I was about to write, and then I was like, oh, I feel like watching a TV show. Okay. So then I just I just got up and left it for like half a day. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'll get around to it. Okay. And then, then went back to it, wrote like two lines. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, yeah. Well-earned break. Uh, yeah, well-earned break. Yeah, I think I want to get a coffee. So, <laughs> you know. So nice. I, I was like Jerry and George with the pilot. I was just procrastinating. procrastinating. But I, I've written nearly most of the draft yeah. my, of the first story. But yeah, that, that, uh, that's my Seinfeldism, I suppose. Yeah, so the first Seinfeldism is one that I'm surprised you didn't mention. Last week we did some trivia. Seinfeld oh, yeah, trivia. Yeah, yeah, in Richmond, yeah. At the Terminus Hotel. That's right. <laughs> I like how you like, in Richmond, yeah. In Richmond, yeah, that's right. That's what we did. <laughs> yeah. You were there a I week was. ago. Yeah, with Stacy. It was Stacey. your idea. It was, yeah, mm. we, uh, we competed uh, as a team of three with Stacy. Yes. What was our team name? Uh, the uh, Spongeworthy. Oh, Spongeworthy. Yeah. The best name was Hello. And that won a jug of beer for the best name. Hello. Well-deserved. Well yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. So good. Yeah, so <laughs> we came tied fourth out of, I think, about 15, 16 teams. Mm-hmm. About 35 and a half out of 40, which we were pretty happy about. After uh, the f- it was three rounds, sorry, four rounds of ten questions, and up until round three, I think we're on a perfect score. Yeah, yeah. A lot of the questions were really easy. Oh, too easy. It was like, what's Kramer's first name? Yeah, Seinfeld one on one. Yeah, like, yeah, really, really basic stuff. But then the last round really just yeah separated the boys from the men. Yeah, we got like six out of ten or something in the last five round. five or six. It's crazy, yeah. it was tough. Yeah. yeah, but we did get the bonus point because you um, remembered the the, the bizarre Jerry names. Yeah, bizarre Jerry names. Feldman, Gene, Kevin, and Fargus. Yep. And yeah. we got a bonus point for Fargus. That's right. In Vargas. That's it. <laughs> I was thinking Sid Fargus. You Sid know, Fargus, yeah. I was like, Fargus. I was like, no, Vargas. 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 That's the one. Newman. Vargas sounds like the Norwegian version of Fargus. Yeah, Vargas, yeah. Vargas, yeah. Bizarro Newman. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Bizarro Newman. Bizarro Newman. That's who it was, Vargas. That's true. It was. And he was cast. I keep saying he's been cast perfectly. They cast the perfect actor to play Bizarro Newman. Yeah. It's exactly like Wayne Knight. Yeah. It's fucking insane. Like but younger, like, but, but he's like insane. happy. Yeah, I know. Like well adjusted. I know. And not out for revenge all the time. <laughs> I know. Insane. Yep. All right. What's your other Seinfeldisms? Uh, so two of them happened today, actually. Oh, no. So <laughs> What happened? Uh, I was at a cafe near near work and I was waiting for a coffee and I was watching like a staff member working. I think she was making the coffee or something. Oh, okay. And she As had a... Sh- yeah. Just staring <laughs> at her. No. <laughs> she, uh, she was wearing a t-shirt and it was for like a... I think it was like a car repair company yeah. in like Rhode Island or somewhere. Oh, all right. In, in, in the US, right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It was like one of those like ironic old business mm-hmm. shirts mm-hmm. that people mm-hmm. wear mm-hmm. and the logo looked exactly like Seinfeld's logo same text like the round circle what was the name of the company I can't remember okay. it was like you know Fargus's auto repair <laughs> or something like that yeah some, Fargus's bra and auto repairs something like that yeah Fargus's bra repairs yeah yeah, um, yeah and it just reminded me of Seinfeld like it 
I don't know whether it was a genuine company from like the 70s or 80s or whether it was like, you know, fashionable. Or maybe it was like like a current company who just ripped off Seinfeld. Yeah, rode on the coattails of Seinfeld. Yeah, but it it looked Mm. too similar to be a coincidence. Okay. Yeah, like same colors, same text, same everything. Yep. Uh, The second one that happened today, a colleague came up to me at work and he just started talking to me about Seinfeld. So pretty, pretty like boring, but... Was he like, have you heard of this podcast called Bimbo Bask? I discovered (laughs) it the other day. These guys are just so cool. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, I've heard it before. Yeah, I've heard about them. Yeah, they're pretty... Mm. Ivan's pretty good, huh? Steve's not that good. No, he just makes all these stupid puns all the time. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just craps on about puns and (laughs) weird science. Nice. So what was he saying? Uh, what did he say? I can't even remember. Okay, he was just oh, talking actually, about actually, he mentioned that he watched a Bizarro Jerry. Oh, nice. There you go. Good episode. Yeah, he said he was watching, I think he was watching TV with his girlfriend. Okay. Over the weekend, and they were flipping around, and, and Bizarro, Bizarro Jerry Bizarro was Jerry. on. Yeah, nice. and they watched it. Good. And he mentioned another episode, I can't remember. Cool. The fourth one, again, it involves you, but you didn't mention it. Uh-huh. I gifted you a Seinfeld mug. Yes, you did. Late y- Christmas present. That's right. Thanks, man. Uh, two references on the, uh, on the mug. I actually have it. In, in my bag right now. Actually, yeah. I'm take a, I've got a photo of it. I'll, I'll put it up. Okay. It's, one is a picture, a black and white picture of Jerry winning the race in yep. the episode of the same name. And around the side is a reference to the apartment. You know, when the, she says, you're all winners. You're a winner. You just say, you're a winner. Yeah. That's what it says. Yeah. Fabulous. Two Seinfeld episode references on the one mug. Well, Thanks I so much. It's such a great gift. I was yeah. so wrapped when I got it. Yeah. I saw it. I was like, oh, yes. I was happy you liked it. Oh, I loved it. Thanks, yeah. man. I, I use I was, it all the time. I was going to put Steinbrenner on the mug. Uh-huh. I thought you would appreciate that. Yeah, but I'm yeah. like, you most like most people drink coffee in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like they pick me up to start the day. I need I'm inspiration. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I Jerry, Jerry, Jerry winning, winning a race. race, even though he cheats against Duncan. <laughs> against Duncan, Duncan Meyer. That was one of the questions that we didn't get in trivia. I can't believe it. I, know. Oh, I haven't seen that episode in ages. Yeah, maybe we should do that episode. Okay. Well, actually, we don't have an episode planned for next week. That's what we're doing. The race. We're doing the. We're race. doing the race. Okay. Nice. Inspired by the mug. Good. Yep. Love fucked Duncan. Yeah, Duncan. Um, Don't trip at the start again. That's it. And it's also inspiring because it says you're a winner. It's yeah. like not only this coffee will get me going for the day, but this picture and this quote. It's like a triple trifecta of inspiration. Oh, definitely. That's, what, that's why winners. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else have we got? We got Seinfeldia. Seinfeldia, yeah. Grab the calendar. So every week, so Stephen uh, and Stacey last year bought a desktop calendar or a desk calendar, which every day there's different trivia uh, in relation to Seinfeld. So this is our third ever Seinfeldia, Seinfeld Trivia. So we're recording right now on Tuesday the 23rd of January. So the trivia for today is when Andy Ackerman joined Seinfeld as director in 1994, he worried about fitting in, but he found his comfort zone. The actors welcomed him and Larry David challenged him. Dun, dun, dun. When Ackerman fell into sit staging, he said, David would say, I feel like I've seen that before. Ackerman appreciated the fresh perspective David and Jerry Seinfeld brought to sitcoms. He felt like David and Seinfeld had no idea of the effect they now had on culture. They were too focused on just getting through the week. <laughs> there you go. So huh. Ackerman was like stunned. Yeah. And then these two were like, oh, it's just work. Yeah. It's like, oh, shit. Well, it's kind of like when you're, when you're part of something, you don't realize the effect because it's just like, yeah. I just get up and do this yeah. 9 to 5. Exactly. And then Andy told them how great the show was and Larry and, Jer- uh, Larry and da- uh, Jerry rather both said with seeming sincerity, really? Hmm. Okay. We're just doing our jobs. I could imagine Larry David doing that. He's pretty self-deprecating. Definitely, yeah. I was almost going to say self-defecating. <laughs> maybe maybe later in life when he's uncontrolled. <laughs> yeah. Season function. 30 of Curb Your Enthusiasm, he's in a home. 
<laughs> just him like swearing and shitting himself. He's all geriatric. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. So that's the trivia. So Andy Ackerman uh, had nice initiation there. Yeah. Yes. Very nice. And he did some good work on Seinfeld. Oh, very good. In Indeed. the later seasons. Yeah. That's it. Mm. So before we sign off for the week, we'll mention again, we're doing a live show. Yes, it's we are. March 18. It's going to be our 50th ever podcast episode. We're doing the contest. Yes, we are. Yes. We're doing that uh, at George's Bar, which is a George Costanza slash Seinfeld bar uh, in Melbourne, in Fitzroy. In Fitzroy, yes. Kicks off around 6.30 p.m. It's a Sunday evening, free to come in. You can come and sit down for an hour, an hour and a half and watch us talk about the contest and its secondary characters. Yep, and that's Sunday, March 18th. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so if you want to come along, that would be amazing. Tell your friends. Uh, there is a Facebook event if you need to uh, remind yourself. Yeah. Just hit your going and it'll pop up in your, your feed yeah. like the day before or something. And if you want to find out more about George's Bar, go to uh, is it georgesbar.com.au? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Easy. Just go yeah, there so and find no, out more. No, they've been really nice and we really appreciate them supporting yeah. us and letting us uh, do our thing. Definitely. It's going to be great. So, yeah, turn up if you're in Melbourne, if you're in the area. Yeah. Turn up. Indeed. We'd love to see as many people as we can. Yeah, no, it'll be really fun. We're really looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be sick. Yeah. Cool. And we'll have some uh, cool little surprises as well on the night. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I just made that up. That's okay. Yeah, we've got two months to figure out what they'll be. Surprise, we're here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We turned up and it went okay. Yeah. yeah that's no, a surprise. No technical problems. <laughs> no. Great. <laughs> <laughs> no planned technical problems. No. So that's it for another week of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Uh, thanks again for listening. Uh, and like we just decided, next week we're doing The Race. The Race. My name's Ivan. I'm Stephen. And we'll see you next week at the starting line.